20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. We are the first 365 day a year Packers podcast, and you can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out on cheeseheadtv.com. My name is Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hey, Kyle. I am super pumped. We are officially two days away from the regular season opener. And obviously, one of the things that we we probably need to talk about, and I think has been the buzz of Twitter and Packer Nation, is the news of the Khalil Mack trade. Um, it's certainly been on the forefront of everybody's mind. And then, of course, the upcoming game against the Chicago Bears. So what we wanted to do today is take a little bit deeper dive into the Bears roster and see how their fan base is feeling about the 2018 season. So we are extremely privileged to have Aldo Garcia, the editor-in-chief from BearsBarroom.com and a former reporter, producer of WBBM-TV in Chicago. That's that's quite the resume. That is well, quite the resume. For, I'm impressed. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, you did mispronounce my last name. Oh, it, no. <laughs> that's okay, because it happens all the time. It's not Garcia. It's Gandia. And trust me, this is better than when Mike North, our co-host, here at the Bears Barroom called me Aldo Gandhi. Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do apologize for that, but we wanted to, to take some time to uh, talk with you a little bit about the Bears with, with the upcoming debut of the season. And certainly the Bears roster is going to look a lot different than it did in 2017. There's a ton of changes from this offseason from the head coach to a bunch of free agent moves and a very deep draft class. What has you most excited about the Bears offseason? Well, clearly when you add somebody like Khalil Mack to your football team, that is the headline. And then when that's uh, buttoned up with Roquan Smith being drafted in the first round, Anthony Miller and James Daniels' uh, second-round picks, that's a pretty good offseason. And looking at it from the defensive side of the ball, Khalil Mack is going to provide something for this team that they did not have in the last several years, and that is a pass rush. And Roquan Smith patrolling the middle, his sideline to sideline speed, his ability to blitz from the inside is going to really be, uh, it's really going to transform this defense. And hopefully with those two guys at the linebacker position, we can finally see uh, Leonard Floyd mature to the pass rusher we thought we got when we drafted him in the first round three years ago. Now he is going to be playing with a club in his right hand uh, because of an injury he sustained in preseason. But uh, in an interview today that he had with um, the media, he said that while it's going to prevent him a little bit from grabbing jerseys and so forth because he, he won't have his, his fingers exposed, he doesn't foresee it being a problem. The guy pretty much relies on his speed and quickness to, to pressure the quarterback. And with Khalil Mack's presence, he's going to be facing a lot of one-on-ones. As is the, the as are the returning defensive linemen, Akeem Hicks and and um, Eddie Goldman, the two defensive linemen who who uh, bring sack potential and pass disruption potential uh, in the middle of the line. So 
really excited about how this defense now again Vic Fangio is returning to this team so there's continuity there the defensive backs Kyle Fuller and Prince of Mukamara at the corners Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson at the safety position these guys now have an opportunity to create some turnovers because of the pass disruption that we we hope to see because of the arrival of Mack and, and Roquan Smith. Yeah, clearly you guys had a really strong offseason. I was really impressed with your draft class this year and a little bit jealous about a few of the guys that you were able to land. I want to jump right in and ask you, uh, speaking of draft capital, you guys obviously invested heavily in uh, Khalil Mack through those draft picks. Does that make you nervous at all? You know, Do you have any flashbacks to Jay Cutler when you guys gave up <laughs> a lot at that point uh, to land Jay, um, or is that risk kind of mitigated by the fact that you know, you know, for the foreseeable future that you have Mr. Trubisky playing on a rookie contract? How do you feel about that? Well, yeah, I am not at all concerned what the consequences are of, uh, to the salary cap, and I'll tell you why. As you mentioned, Mitch Trubisky is under his rookie contract and will be for the next two to three years. So that is going to help tremendously. Secondly, when you look at the, the cap hit that Mac has on the Chicago Bears, when you go over to spotrack.com, they say that in 2019, Mac is going to have 11.5% of the salary cap and in 2020, 12.8%. And that's typically what quarterbacks get. But you've got to factor in the, fa- the, the, the reality is that the salary cap is going up by about $10 million every year. And I think that the Chicago Bears have factored that into their equation. So the league is doing well, and with sports gambling about to hit all 50 states, the league is going to do even better. That salary cap is going to go up dramatically. If the, I think the biggest issue that's going to affect the Bears and the Packers and the 30 other NFL teams is what's going to happen with the collective bargaining agreement. Is there going to be football in 2020 or whenever that agreement is up? But in terms of uh, how this, uh, the, the salary cap issue with Khalil Mack, uh, that, that's, that's nothing to worry about. And, and frankly, I think that, you know, Probably what happened with the Packers in their quest to land Khalil Mack, I think that they were perhaps a little bit afraid of dedicating such a large percentage of their cap to two players, Aaron Rodgers and Khalil Mack, and perhaps that's why they couldn't work out a deal. I was frankly surprised that uh, that uh, the general manager there, the new guy, Brian, I can't pronounce his last name. Lusquist. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um I, I, I'm surprised that he didn't work out a deal with Reggie McKenzie, his old buddy, but uh, good for the Chicago Bears and not so good for the Packers. Well, I was just happy that I was able to pronounce one person's last name correctly tonight. <laughs> Congratulations. You got one correct. <laughs> so so speaking, speaking of your quarterback, after seeing Jared Goff and Carson Wentz make some huge strides in their second seasons last year, is that the expectation for Mitch Trubisky in Chicago? Yeah, I think everybody's been talking about that is they've looked at those quarterbacks uh, and said, you know, why not Mitch? And the fact that Ryan Pace, the general manager of the Chicago Bears, went out and got a coach like Matt Nagy, who works well with quarterbacks and and, and, and uh, comes from the Andy Reid school of coaching, uh, that bodes well for, for Mitch Trubisky. The, the concern with Trubisky as a quarterback is how quickly – 
he can process what's going on in the football field. And, and that, you know, accuracy and processing are the two biggest keys in my mind for a quarterback. And with Mitch and a new playbook and new players, that's, that's going to be interesting to see if he can, you know, get up to speed as quickly as we need him to in order to pull off an upset week one at, at Lambeau Field. I have confidence, confidence in the kid because He's one of these guys that wants to be great, and it's not just want. He puts in the work. He studies. He's the first guy at Hallis Hall. He's the last guy leaving Hallis Hall. He just does everything right to, in order to become a great quarterback. So we'll see how long it takes. You know, it, it would have been nice if the whole Mike Glennon thing, which is now a fiasco, but if the whole Mike Glennon thing would have worked to Ryan Pace's plan, which was to give Mitch – a year or two uh, to mature and, and, and learn the game a little bit from the sidelines and, and, and in the quarterback room like Aaron Rodgers did. But, uh, hey, uh, Mike Lennon is no Brett Favre. In fact, Mike Lennon isn't even Aldo Gandia as a quarterback. So uh, that out, but we'll, we'll see how he responds. Hopefully he, he responds quickly. Yeah, so we'll see uh, Mitch out there on the field this weekend. Um, it pains me to say this as you're talking, but clearly we have to admit that the Bears roster did get better this offseason, um, even before Cleo Mack was brought in. Uh, so if you had to pick one thing from this roster that does make you a little bit nervous, uh, one position that's maybe a weakness if you had to identify one, uh, what would you say? Yeah, I would say it, it's the offensive line. And while there's some continuity there, um, it still uh, presents some issues. I'll, I'll go through it from right to left. At the right tackle position, we have a guy named Bobby. Uh, I always mispronounce his last name. It's Bobby Massey. And uh, he comes from Arizona. He's typically a slow starter. Man, he just doesn't get going until the third or fourth game of the season. So, um, whoever he's going to line up against uh, Sunday night is <laughs> probably licking his chops if he's seen film of uh, Massey's early uh, season games with the Bears and with Arizona. So I'm a little bit worried about, uh, about the right tackle position. At right guard, we have Kyle Long, the all-pro uh, offensive lineman, but he's coming off of some really serious injuries that he suffered next uh, last season. And so he is not 100%. He is close, and in, in the – little bit of preseason that we saw, he would have a fabulous play, and then he, he, he looked a little shaky. So it's going to be interesting to see if he is going to be close to 100% when he's out there uh, week one. At the center position, we've got Cody Whitehair, a very, very intriguing blocker. Draft Dr. Phil, who works with us here at BearsBarroom.com, truly believes that he is one of the better centers in football, and I don't disagree with him, but he has had trouble with snaps, and 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 pay close attention to his snaps this week because what's been happening in camp, he and, and Trubisky have been thinking so much because of the new playbook and everything that's involved and so forth that those things that they normally take for granted, the snap and the exchange and so forth, has been a problem for them in training camp. So uh, that worries me a little bit in, in the middle with Cody Whitehair. At the left guard position, James Daniels was drafted to play the left guard position, but he's just not ready yet, and so they're going with the veteran backup Eric Cush 
at left guard, and so I'm a little bit com- concerned about that. And then over at left tackle, we've got a guy who was a, I think it was seventh round draft pick, Charles Leno III. Now, Charles is, has actually looked really good, and it looks like he is getting into his own and could be like, could end up, I don't think, I don't want to compare him right now to David Bakhtiari, but I think that in, in a c- couple of years, three years and so forth, he could end up being a, a David Bakhtiari type left tackle. So, Again, to answer your question, that position group, the offensive line, is is the one that has me the most concerned. Yeah, I remember Leno coming out of the draft and having a lot of athleticism, and so it's interesting to see him developing into that kind of player. Um, So from an external viewpoint, you know, when when I look at the Bears roster as a Packers fan, um, certainly Khalil Mack is a concern. Um, Kyle Fuller is a guy that, that obviously the Packers regime liked a lot um, and tried to sign away. Roquan Smith was a guy I loved in the draft. Anthony Miller was another guy that, that Packers Twitter was all about. So there's, there's a lot of concerns. Um, but are, are there any concerns from, the, from a Bears perspective about the Packers roster? Well, I, first and foremost, I think the biggest concern for the Chicago Bears uh, is uh, the defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin. Uh, he, did I pronounce that correctly? You did, yes. <laughs> I actually rehearsed it on the way here. <laughs> uh, I, I truly believe that this is a huge upgrade. I, I think that Dom Capers... You know, as, as sometimes I thought he was unfairly blasted by Packers fans, but it's it's pretty obvious that his effectiveness as a defensive coordinator coordinator passed him up two or three years ago, and that this move to a new defensive coordinator should have happened. And Mike Pettin, with his aggressive style of defense and his uh, ability to quickly teach players how a, a complex playbook with different fronts and, and, and different blitz schemes and so forth. I think that could, could be, could present a huge problem for the Chicago Bears week one. What, what's really intriguing about both of these teams is that there's not a lot of tape. Uh, for both teams. The Packers don't have a lot of tape on the Bears offense because they rested so many of their players uh, during the preseason, and the Bears' offense doesn't have a lot of tape on this uh, this Petten defense, so that's going to be interesting. Now, in terms of players, boy, you got to look at uh, 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 Mohamed Wilkerson uh, in the middle, particularly with my concerns on, uh, on the offensive line. So I, I thought that was a huge get. I'm not so as excited for you guys uh, about uh, Jimmy Graham. I, I think his – that this is past his prime. I was a little surprised that they went to the well with that, but perhaps there's going to be a nice combination between Rodgers and Jimmy Graham. We'll see. But first and foremost, I think uh, Mohamed Wilkerson and those two cornerbacks that you got in the draft, those guys are quality players. We liked them a lot during draft time when we did our scouting at Bears Bar Room. Uh, so I, I think you guys did some nice things uh, to improve the team, but particularly the defensive corner. I think that's the headline. I think it's it's always really valuable to get that kind of perspective from from the opposing fans' viewpoint because we spend so much time concentrating on our own team um, that I think sometimes we 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 get a little uh, obnoxious about it. But so so you mentioned Leonard Floyd and he's going to play with the club on um, or or so it seems. What what's the health status for Roquan Smith? 
Roquan Smith practiced uh, today on Thursday, and it looks like he's going to be a go. He spoke with the media, and he said that he's ready to go. So I don't expect him to see a ton of snaps. I think that he's going to be used strategically on downs where they think that they're, they're going to need that speedy linebacker. Uh, Nick Kwiatkowski, who has proven to be a good thumper type of linebacker with really good instincts and had a good preseason, he will start the game at that inside linebacker position next to Danny Trevathan. And then we'll probably see, my guess is, is that we'll probably see Roquan Smith in about 20 plays. And it could be more if he goes in there and he performs really well. Then I, then I think, you know, as the game goes on, there might be some confidence to leave him in there, particularly to help uh, uh, stop uh, Rodgers from running around and, and creating time and, and hitting receivers downfield. Before we let you go, we do want to get your prediction for how the game is actually going to go and how it's going to end. So you can pick the Bears if you want. Uh, we'll let you do this on the show. Uh, <laughs> but in your honest opinion, <laughs> uh, what do you think the final score is going to be on Sunday night when the dust settles? Oh, boy. I, you know, I really, I always hate picking games because, you know, I, I love to see the story unfold. But because you're asking, I think that the game is going to, the first half, it's going to be a very low-scoring game, I think, because, number one, uh, these teams are playing their first game together. I mean, the, the Chicago Bears didn't even start their starters, didn't play their starters in that all-important third week of preseason where you usually see the starters play at least a half and into the third quarter. Uh, head coach Matt Nagy decided to rest Mitch Trubisky, the starting receivers, most of the starting offensive line, Jordan Howard, uh, a bunch of the guys on defense. And so, we, you know, I, I just because of that, I think we're going to see a slow start to the game. And then with, with Aaron, as uh, and I think Aaron Rodgers – is the greatest quarterback in football, and I think he sh he should be in Canton now. That's how much I respect what he does as a quarterback. I think, though, even Aaron is going to start off a, a little bit slow. I'll never forget something that Mike McCarthy said. I think it was a season or two ago when the team started slowly, and then as the season progressed, they started to gel and so forth. Mike said at a press conference, we always uh, – we're, we're built for this. Because there's a roster turnover and because they build through the draft and so forth, it takes a while for those young guys to gel. But usually by midseason, the Packers are playing well. Well, I kind of see that as a microcosm for this game on week one. I think that the teams, both of them, will start slow, be a low-scoring first half. And then in the second half, I think we'll start seeing some offensive action. And I think uh, I think Vegas has the Bears at plus 7.5. I think the Bears will cover, but I don't think that they'll win the game. I think it'll be a 24 to 21 type uh, type of score with the Packers on top. All right. Well, Aldo, thank you so much for joining us. Where, where can people find you on social media? Well, uh, if you're interested in uh, Bears information or just want to trash talk with uh, very passionate Chicago Bears fans, go over to Twitter. It's at Bears Bar Room. And we're there every day uh, sharing news. And let me just tell you that I have a lot of respect for the Green Bay Packers franchise and what you guys have done. Can't wait to beat you guys and beat you guys on a regular basis. Hopefully that starts on Sunday. But nonetheless, uh, the Green Bay Packers are a franchise to be respected. 
And definitely check out Twitter and BearsBarroom.com. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us today. It's been fun, guys. Thanks a lot. So, Kyle, we've had plenty of time to break down the Packers' 53-man roster over the last week, but were there any moves that really surprised you? Honestly, there were not a ton that completely shocked me. Um, Aaron Ripkowski is obviously a little surprising, uh, but not to you, Mr. Murdig. A shout-out to Andrew for being one of the few who thought the Packers could go with four tight ends and no fullbacks. Um, I do think that that signals a shift in our offensive philosophy and uh, a healthy assessment of how valuable or maybe not valuable having a fullback on the roster is. Um, so that's an interesting development that we saw at cuts. Um, I also thought parting ways with Vince Beagle after just one season was really surprising, uh, especially when that rookie season was kind of affected by an injury. So I don't know if you really saw the full um piece of what Vince Beagle could be, um, but he's now in New Orleans, and so uh, we will just look forward uh, to what he can do down there and wish him the best. Yeah, and I guess for me, it wasn't necessarily a surprise, but one thing that I wasn't super happy about was Kyler Fackrell making the roster. If anybody has listened to us even a little bit, they know my opinions on Kyler Fackrell, and they are not glowing. Um, to me, he provides no upside. He knows the playbook. And that's it. <laughs> like, he knows the playbook, and the coaches can trust him on special teams. Thankfully, Kendall Donerson was able to slide onto the practice squad. And I know Ron Zook has to have had something um, to say about Fackrell making the roster because he can be consistently relied on to provide special teams upside. But if you can't coach a guy with Donerson's skill set to make an impact on special teams, then quite frankly, I don't know that you're doing a very good job. Even if you don't like Donerson's ability on the coverage units, you have a guy out there like Jaron Elliott who they could bring back and replace Fackrell's production on special teams and provide a little bit of upside on defense. Now, I know Andy talked a little bit about why the Packers may be waiting until week two to make that kind of move because then it's not a guaranteed roster spot. So I get that, but I will never, ever, ever understand keeping... Kyler Fackrell on the roster, but at a minimum, it gives me something that I can rant about, okay? So now we'd like to step into a little segment we like to call Bold Predictions, where we each make one prediction about the upcoming game and then mock each other mercilessly if we're wrong. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. All right, Kyle, what do you hear? What do you have for us? Uh, my bold prediction for this game against the Bears is that Randall Cobb will have himself a game. Um, Cobb has been kind of the forgotten man in Green Bay with Adams emerging as the number one option and the addition of Jimmy Graham in the offseason and all the hype between Rodgers and Graham. But I think that Chicago is going to have to commit a lot of resources to slowing down Adams and Graham. And I think that they'll give Kyle Fuller, uh, the cornerback, some safety help. And I think the safeties and linebackers are going to stay tied up. Uh, with Jimmy Graham, and so I think this is going to open up the middle of the field uh, for Cobb to find the hole in the zone, as he so well does, and really have himself quite a good game. Uh, so I'm going to boldly predict that in kind of a surprising fashion, Cobb will find the end zone and have, let's say, seven receptions for 80 yards and that touchdown. So uh, we'll, we'll call it a good day for, for Randall Cobb. I, I actually really like that. I think the, the field's going to be opened up for somebody, and, and Randall Cobb certainly makes a ton of sense, and he's had some, some big games against the Bears in the past. 
My bold prediction is that Green Bay will force Mitch Trubisky into three turnovers. Combining the ball-hawking secondary with Tremon and Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson and the creative pressure of Mike Pettin's scheme, plus the inexperience of Mitch Trubisky, I anticipate seeing the Packers turn the young quarterback over several times. That's a really good take. Um, I think that's probably likely to happen. I hope it does. Um, but an interesting bit of useless information. Mitch Trubisky has only thrown for 11 completions this preseason. I double-checked that because I thought that there's no way that that's true. Uh, but they've really limited his snaps. Uh, so I think that there's a real chance that he comes into this game under the lights on a Sunday night and looks pretty rusty. So we may just have a chance to see what uh, Andrew's talking about here happen with these with these turnovers. Absolutely. And so now that bold predictions are done, there is, of course, one other team I wanted to talk about, and that is the one other team that all Packers fans should be rooting for, and that is whoever is playing the New Orleans Saints. So we have something really exciting this year where we get to actually actively root for a high first-round pick, right? So that that is very unique. And the path to their 1-15 record, and I say 1-15 because they do play the Vikings, is going to be set before us. The Saints open the season at noon on Sunday. They're hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Bucks are expected to finish last in the NFC South. That's a very competitive division, but they have enough talent to give the Saints a challenge if Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick can get the ball to the playmakers. The Saints are going to be without Mark Ingram for a few weeks due to that suspension, and most assume the Saints are going to be a playoff team, but fans should always remember the Saints are in a division with Atlanta and Carolina. They both look to be playoff competitors, and Tampa Bay can even give them a challenge. So we're going to be watching the Saints every week because of this draft pick, and you and I are going to be giving up some updates on where the draft pick is and, and how the Saints are doing as as a creative little uh, side bet to, to uh, watching the Packers every week. I'm looking forward to it. So this week we're saying go Pack Go, and we're saying go Tampa Bay Bucks. This has been the Pack a Day podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to follow at Pack a Day podcast as well. Remember to subscribe to the Pack a Day podcast on your favorite streaming service. Tomorrow's episode will be hosted by Mike and Tyler, and you can listen on Sunday to Zach and Matub getting you ready for the game. You can catch. Kyle and myself every Friday. We'll be back next week with a preview of the Packers against the Vikings, and we're also going to have some breaking rights because we line up in fantasy football this week, so that is exciting. Thanks as always, and remember... The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. They really, 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 really suck. Yes, the Bears that was the wrong audio clip. What I meant to say is, as always, remember... Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles He's left. Got winds up. Rainbow. He's got Cobb to the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Oh, my goodness. An NFC North Division Championship dagger of 47 yards. Hasselback maybe changing the play of the line. Looks left and right. Takes the snap. Short drop. Quick throw. Left shot. Yes! Yes! Yes!
to his left under pressure, rolling right, escapes, right side looking, rainbows high and deep into the end zone, and it is caught, caught for a touchdown, a leaping touchdown catch is made, and the Packers have won, unbelievable. 